Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing. With the June 18th edition of the Today's the Electrical Economy podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. These met the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's broadcast, listeners will learn about the electric product categories with the largest price increases, and we'll take a look at the 200 metropolitan areas that account for 80% of all electrical sales. As always, we'll review some of the key weekly economic indicators that will give you a sense of where the electrical economy may be headed in the coming weeks. Those are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Berkeley Hughes word count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for once again sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy series of podcasts for 2021. We're delighted to be working again with Champion. For the week ending June the 12th, the advanced number of actual initial claims under state programs unadjusted totaled 400,002,352. That's an increase of 37,174, 10.2% from the previous week. There were 1,457 1,102 initial claims in the comparable week in 2020. So that's quite a drop from what we've seen in what we've seen over the past year. The advance on adjusted insur- insured unemployment rate was 2.4% during the week ending June 5th. That's unchanged from the previous week. Let's take a look at the 10 states that had the biggest decreases in their initial unemployment claims for the week ending June the 12th. At the top of the list with a decrease of 5,872 claims was the state of Michigan followed by Alabama in the number two spot at 2015, Tennessee with a drop of 1,983, Washington with 1,664, Illinois with 1,419, Missouri with 1,225, Delaware with 1,182, New Jersey saw a drop of 980, North Carolina saw a drop of 812, and Oregon saw a drop of 810 claims. On the flip side, we did have some states that had some pretty sizable increases in their unemployment claims compared to the previous week. Leading the list were Pennsylvania with 21,590 claims, California with 15,712, Kentucky with 9,127, Florida with 2,337, Texas with 2,089, the District of Columbia with 1,797, Wisconsin had an increase of 1,339, Virginia also over 1,300 with 1,307 claims, Oklahoma had an increase of 1,240, and the state of Maryland had an increase of 1,016 claims from the previous week. One of the more interesting leading economic indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic because it's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR. It publishes this data weekly. For the week ending June the 12th, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 500,029,635 carloads and intermodal units. That's up 17.9% compared with the same week of last year. Total combined U.S. traffic for the first 23 weeks of 2021 was 11,791,394 carloads and intermodal units, and that's an increase of 13.7% compared to last year. For the first 23 weeks of 2021, U.S. railroads reported a cumulative volume of 5,296,418 carloads. That's up 88.3% from the same point last year. 
on the intermodal front, we saw 6,494,976 units for the first 23 weeks. And that's an increase of 18.5% from last year. Intermodal units are those big containers, shipping containers that you see on trains and also on cargo ships or trucks. All of the 10 carload commodity groups posted an increase compared to the same week in 2020. They included coal, which was up 19,229 carloads to 69,263. Metallic ores and metals was over 8,000 carloads to 2,000, excuse me, 22,789. And chemicals were 5,489 carloads to 32,967. As you can see in the chart, there were only two of the major freight rail trade categories that had a decrease in carloads over the compared with the previous week that was petroleum petroleum products with a five percent decline and non-metallic minerals with a 5.2 percent decline we had a number of the categories were showing some pretty sizable increases with motor vehicles and parts up 28.7 percent grain up 21.7 percent and metallic orders and metals up 20.7 percent if you track the oil market you're probably familiar with the baker hughes recount this tracks oil and gas rigs that are operating the data is available by the state Basin and nationally at rickcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits and gives you a good sense of just how many of those large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, also in New Mexico, and how big an area the Marcellus gas regions that covers Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. We usually look at the Baker Hughes rig count on a basin basis, but I thought to give a new perspective, we would take a look at it by state. You're probably not surprised to see that Texas is at the top of the list, with 221 rigs, or, or you might be surprised to see New Mexico in the number two position at 75. Uh, Texas had the biggest increase. He had 110 more rigs than this time last year for a 99% increase. And New Mexico had 75 rigs, an uh, increase of 47% over last year. Uh, the number for the U.S. in total was 470 rigs, uh, an increase of 204 rigs, and a 77% increase. Those sounds like big increases, but we're operating off a very low level from last year. Oil prices have seen quite an increase in and are just off their peak prices. They're up 49% year to date, and on Friday, June 18th, we're up above $71 per barrel. Our economists are watching this increase very closely right now because a large dump in oil can often be a sign of inflation. And the Federal Reserve and many other economists are looking at that very closely to see if there might be a rise in interest rates coming sometime in the coming months or probably closer to maybe sometime next year from what I've been reading. Economists like to call price, copper pricing Dr. Copper. That's because it's a leading indicator for future economic activity since copper is used in so many industries. The construction industry is among the leading markets because it's, of its use in wiring cable and copper plumbing pipe. Economists are also watching copper prices closely as a sign of inflation too. Copper is still at the high end of its historical range, but prices are 12% below their May peak when they sat in the $4 per 70 pound range. They've declined a fair amount in the month of June. Now let's take a look at pricing from a different perspective. We've all heard a lot about all the pricing increases over a wide range of electrical products for the first half of 2021. Here's a look at some of the specifics. The electrical price index, which we publish every month in the electrical marketing newsletter, is usually only available to paying subscribers that newsletter. But, it, but it's an important issue right now, and I want to give you a sneak peek at it too. We publish this data monthly, and in most months, you'll see only a handful of product categories with a price increase of more than 1%. In this month's report, 13 of the 28 product categories have seen a, an increase of a percent or more. Wire and cable, steel-based products, and non-mechanic products were hit the hardest, as you can see in the chart. 
Building wire had an increase for the month of 4.2%. Pole line hardware in the utility market had an increase of 4.1%. Boxes were up at 5.4%. Uh, what really shocked me is when you start looking at these increases on the year-over-year -year basis. Building wire, power cable, both well over 20%. You know, are the big increases there? Conduit fittings, 30.2% up from year over. And non-metallic conduit, up 23.8%. I thought I'd also give you a sneak peek at another project that I'm working on with our electrical market data. The 200 metropolitan areas with the most electrical product potential. Uh, as, as many of you frequent listeners to our podcast and viewers of the broadcast here know that we provide a lot of electrical market data for total uh, market size by the industrial market and electrical contractor market. I'm starting to fine tune some statistics for actual product level data for about 15 different product categories right down to the metropolitan area. I'm going to start out with the 200 metropolitan areas that account for 80% of all electrical product sales. Uh, just to give you a general idea, we're estimating the total market potential for the U.S. electrical market right now at $105.8 billion. Uh, if you can take a look at the map here, you're going to see that most, many of the areas that are showing the most, that have the biggest market in total for electrical product potential are on the eastern, east, eastern part of the United States. Top five metropolitan statistical areas, or MSAs, that have the most total electrical product potential in the New York metropolitan area, with a total market potential estimated at $4.5 billion. The LA, Long Beach, and Anaheim metro at $3.6 billion. Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington MSA at $2.9 billion. Houston at $2.6 billion. And Chicago metropolitan area extending up into southern Wisconsin at $2.5 billion. We'll be showing you some of the product specific product potential numbers as I fine tune those, but uh, should be up in the next uh, broadcast or two. That wraps up things for today's podcast. Special thanks to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series in 2021. Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data you'd like to cover in these podcasts. Our next presentation will be on Monday, July the 12th. I'm recording this podcast a little bit earlier than usual. I usually do them on Mondays, but I'm going to be up at the College Baseball World Series with a couple of my sons on uh, Sunday and Monday. So uh, we'll see who's going to, which team comes out on top. It's a lot of fun. If any of you have had the chance to be, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're a baseball fan or college baseball fan in particular, Omaha should be on your bucket list. Take care and have a good two weeks. We'll talk again on Monday, July the 12th.